Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got nards. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Hey everybody! What's up? Hello! And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And what day is it? April Fools? Yeah! That's <laughs> right! So we're here tonight with a very special drink for you! <laughs> it's not trick or treat. No. <laughs> You so can do that. What do you do on April Fool's? You go, you're an asshole, and guess what? Yeah. I'm doing you, something different. You you're just friends. an asshole. Oh, so okay. get, get ready, everybody. <laughs> so guess what, everybody? Prank you. <laughs> hey, prank you, audience. <laughs> that sounded so aggressive. Prank you, everybody. We are here to discuss some non-horror movies tonight. Fool you. <laughs> you fell for it. <laughs> Fool you. Watch, no one's going to listen to this. <laughs> yes! Vindication. <laughs> again um tonight we are joined by a very special guest yes. finally after years of begging and pleading and uh did i ask i don't even know if i actually ever asked i think you just told me right that's My, how most things work around here wow already the, the, the husband wife jokes um my husband matt is joining us tonight See, he's not imaginary, everybody. Like, I he feel is like, real. Yeah, he's he real. real. He's here in real life. Yeah. Tonight, in honor of April Fool's, mm-hmm. we're going to do a little non-horror. Uh, prank you, s- everybody. Yeah, prank you. Prank you, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about Back to the Beach and That Thing You Do. That's right. So pour yourself a stun mullet, put on your musketeers, and get ready to party with Frankie and Annette because we're going back. Way back to 1987. <laughs> so, fun fact, actually, just real quick to wax nostalgic. One of the many reasons why I realized that I had found the one was because I had found someone who loved Back to the Beach as much as I do. Most people are like, what movie? But not only did he know the movie, but he shared my love for this movie. And that's what I knew. DVD. That's right. <laughs> you don't know many people who own it on DVD. So. That's right. Guess who bought that for you? True. Me, so, um, yeah, so let's dive in because this is a delight. It is. Okay, so uh, Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello are a husband and wife living in Ohio, far from the surf and sand of the earlier lives together. Frankie is a stressed-out car salesman and the former big kahuna of the surf scene in California, while Annette bottles her sense of angst up in a bevy of shopping. Together, they're raising a son, Bobby, who is in the throes of a rebellion against his seemingly square folks. One day, the family decides to go on vacation. They stop in California to visit their daughter, and Frankie and Annette are appalled to learn that she has been making time with a surfer boy named Michael. Did, did you? Where did you find this? In like like a 1950s Good Housekeeping, making time with a surfer. The family misses their flight to Hawaii and ultimately ends up staying in California, much to the chagrin of Frankie. Chagrin. Frankie and Annette get caught up in the lives of their old friends, their old beach, and thus their last beach adventure together. Whoa, whoa. I'm going to pause right there because I have to commend Jackie on her ability to simply just brush off what you said completely and roll through it. Yeah. You're, that's like you're, that's like a 10-year marriage. <laughs> you, know, you, you nailed that one. Let's give it a look. Continue. It just makes editing so much easier if I don't acknowledge and keep going. Whatever. Where did you pull that from? Wikipedia. <laughs> All right. So, I don't even 
know where to begin with. Well, first of all, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to apologize for all of our audience who are triggered and who find this inappropriate, but Laura Laughlin's in this movie, y'all. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and hashtag me too. Oh, wait. No. No. Wait, what? No, no, that's a different thing. Oh, hashtag college me too. Wait, college hashtag, too. Hashtag college too. Because, yeah. God. If you think about it, Olivia Jade and whatever the hell the other one's name are, they're in this movie too. They just happen to be packed into her ovaries, but... <laughs> So they were uncredited. Even more reason why we shouldn't be watching it. But you know what? Sometimes you guys, you gotta do it. You gotta take one for the team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This full house never again. <laughs> uh, I don't give enough of a shit. So yeah, I, 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 I'm I, in full support of Aunt Becky, no matter what. So. Anybody, anybody who who like was surprised by that news has been living under a rock because that's how college admission has worked for yeah. a century. Yeah. I just assume that that's that that <laughs> yeah. was the norm. Yeah. If you have a bunch of money, you're like, hey, maybe my dumb kids can go to your school. Absolutely. All right, so back to the beach. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the first theme that comes up right off the bat is, man, does growing up and having kids suck? <laughs> no? <laughs> I don't know if that's what they were going for, necessarily. Uh, I, I but guess. it definitely comes across if you really look for it. Well, first of all, Annette's obviously had a couple of nervous breakdowns because she serves, she has a closet full of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> peanut butter, Campbell's soup, and, and Hunt's ketchup. Yeah, and spam. Ketchup. And, and yeah. spam. Very neatly OCD stacked. But like, you know, that's a part of the movie's um, appeal is that it so blatantly makes fun of and satirizes consumerist culture. Because she was a she was she peddled Skippy peanut butter for ten years in the in the eighties. So it was kind of you know it's funny. It's a joke in the long run. So yeah, I think I think this film is very aware of its own satire and like doesn't take itself seriously, which is I mean, I'm gonna admit I'm so blinded by like a, I watched this movie all the time as a kid and then I fell in love with a guy who also loved the movie. So there's nostalgia to the millionth degree here, but I definitely think it's really satirical and really aware of its own ridiculousness and I think that's part of the charm. And it takes that I think it takes that from the original subgenre of the teen surf you know, teen beach party movies because those two were very self-aware and completely, you know, frivolous and not serious at all. And that's, you know, part of what it was all about. So, it, you know, it's a nice little... But real talk now, that opening sequence is so terrible. It's so bad. <laughs> now, did any of you guys watch the movie trailer? No. Uh, no. Okay, I did we that. We like Wait, ourselves. Wait, <laughs> I started to because if you go... On, I watched it on YouTube. And if you yeah. just go on YouTube, that's all they give you is the trailer. Yeah. So I started to watch it and I was like, no, oh, I want movie. But basically, the, the movie trailer is that entire opening sequence mm-hmm. with a couple of bits of dialogue cut in. And it's narrated... It sounds like it's narrated by one of the gremlins from Gremlin 2. The one that just... The, right as it starts to talk, the smart gremlin... <laughs> like... <laughs> Back to the Frankie and Annette. Go back to the... That's exactly it, what it sounds like. Is it Wolfman? <laughs> it might be, yeah. Is it the Wolfman? <gasps> it's Wolfman. It might so be. When I, when I watched the trailer, I was like, Wolfman Jack? Wolfman? Yeah. So the whole be. movie, I kept looking for him. He wasn't in there. Mm-hmm. He's not one of the... He that would have been a good cameo. To I know. Him. They already have cameo diarrhea. They so, got I mean, plenty of cameos. <laughs> Trust me, it's mm-hmm. fine. There is cameo diarrhea. That's great. Um, so this was directed by Lindell Hobbs, who went on to do nothing. It also has the stuntman who was Sloth in the Goonies, so oh. I think that gives it some street cred. Yeah. There you go. Was he one of the surfers? He was. He was one of the like band members and uh, metalhead dudes. Um, he was Sloth's stuntman, and he was also a stuntman. Wait, he wasn't the, the Sloth. No, 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 no. Oh, no, because okay. the original Sloth cool. was the next football player. Yeah, like, this guy was player. Sloth's stuntman, so. When you know, hey, you gotcha. guys, and you you with the knife down the sails, right. that mm-hmm. was this guy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I also thought, like when when I looked at the scene on the plane, man, the eighties were a good time because you could beat your kids and it was fine. You could smoke on planes. Yeah, yeah. all of those things. <laughs> but um, I'm just gonna throw it out there: Bobby is the worst little shit ever. Yeah. No, Bobby's terrible. <laughs> For you know what? It's and I think. Some of my my thought process comes from the fact that um, Chad and I just rewatched Stranger Things, um, both seasons of Stranger Things, very recently. And one of my notes is Frankie Avalon in the movie. He acts the way that Sean Astin acts in Stranger Things, like kind of this like nerdy, goofy, over the top character. And, like, part of you wants to be, like, oh, my God, like, this acting is terrible. Like, this is so, like, like, every time that Bobby acts up, he literally, like, 
shakes his fists at him with like a kind of why yeah, yada yada, like where he really could have just like whacked him at any point, but like is obviously like stalling. <clears throat> but it's funny because then you realize that like that's like the whole entire point. Like you said, it's the satire, especially at the very end when they break the fourth wall. Like you realize that like this isn't just like that. This is this is the same kind of beach blanket bingo kind of acting goofball 60s thing so at, at first it kind of like annoyed me and then when i realized what was going on it just kind of made it really really endearing i'm going to come to bobby's defense because if you had to live in a house for 15 years with frankie and annette <laughs> you would be ready to burn the place down as well <laughs> you know i was i liked the kid i just thought that all of his like little little jokes and stuff were the worst. They're all the worst, and he's the worst actor, and I hate him. And as soon as they like shuffled him off and let him hang out with the punk rock kids, oh, you mean where he disappeared and his family completely lost track of him? Yes, for like two and a half best days. part of the movie. <laughs> as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, finally, because he's real bad. He is real bad. I don't know how he got this job. We can't really refer to uh, Frankie as Frankie, South Philadelphia's own Philip Frankie Avalon, but. Uh, because he is never referred to in the movie by his first name. Mm-mm. Not single time. He's either referred Tiger. to as the Kahuna, the Big Kahuna, Tiger, or your dad. They never really? once, because they, they didn't have the permission, because that character was copyright protected by, um, I think it was AI, AIP, was Wait the name minute, of the but company. But he is that person. He, he is Frankie Avalon, but the character of Frankie, because Annette in the, in the original Back to the Beach movies, her name was Dee Dee or, or Dolores or something like that. So they can use the name Annette, but they can't use the name Frankie. But it's his real name. I know, but as the yeah, character, that up? the character he's playing, <laughs> he cannot be referred to as Frankie. So they call him the Big Kahuna, which isn't even from the original Beach movies. It's from Gidget. The Big Crapola, you mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Big Potato. The Big Potato. Um, that hurts my brain. That's a little too meta for me. Now I'm gonna throw a question out to to you guys who have been uh, and spent plenty of time in California. That's what the beaches of California are like, right? Like, everybody is sexy and bikinis and people are working out on the beach and surfing, right? In my head still, yes. <laughs> no, but like, if you go to Venice Beach, like, the workout area, the muscle beach, that's all still mm-hmm. there. Really? It's mm-hmm. still pretty much, you just update the, the where, it's pretty much there. We actually went in 2004 and we made a specific point of driving to the pier that Sandy lives on. Um... <laughs> And I have a picture of me standing at the front of that pier. Unfortunately, we couldn't drive. Sorry, on the pier. ladies, he's taken. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know who drives on a pier, but apparently Frankie right. Avalon drives on a pier. Yeah, but doesn't? we couldn't drive on the pier because we we're just regular old common folk. That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. I, I had hoped that that's what the beaches were like. Um, so yeah. So they get to the beach, and they they are met with O.J. Simpson. Oh god, yeah, that's, that's at the airport. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's just OJ Simpson filming a naked gun movie at the same time. <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh, well, just leave that footage in. It's funny." <laughs> Cuz that's all he does in naked sure. gun movies is just get hurt and make funny faces. Well, I think he was in a hurry cuz he had to go kill somebody. We should yeah. caution. <laughs> 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 OJ didn't do it. Is it didn't too, do soon? It. too soon? Too soon. I don't soon. think it's too soon. <laughs> OJ was innocent. Okay. <laughs> what they didn't say was Al Cowlings was sitting in a white Bronco outside the airport waiting for him. You didn't see that part. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, they get to the beach and I'm going to throw it out there. And I stand by this for the whole movie. Fuck Connie. <laughs> she is a, what'd you call her, a thirsty person? What's Ooh, the cool kid? Look at you bringing up some I know. Terms. I know. I forget what, yeah. A You're thirsty like, she's something. a thirsty bitch or something, something like that. Like that yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> She is a slimy little little sap. Sorry. She comes around in the end. No, she doesn't. Yes, yeah, she does. No, I don't she think. Doesn't. I don't think she's really out of line. No. She, I don't think she doesn't even she's, know that they're still together. So she just sees her old boyfriend. She's like, oh my god. <laughs> Let's just say Annette handles it a little classier than I would have. That's all I'm gonna say. That's for true. <laughs> <laughs> because I gotta tell you, the part where he gets up and sings with her after being a total d bag, the entire time, I would have probably just. You. Okay, I get where you're coming from, but like, then Troy shows up and literally, and just, I give the guy credit, because he doesn't even try to like, drop a pill in the drink, he's just like, 
I'm going to get you drunk and take advantage of you, <laughs> and you're going to enjoy it. What exactly is in a stunt bullet? Because I'd like to have one in it's my It's not lifetime. a real thing. It's, well, it better be. But, yeah. and, and <laughs> but you need to make it. <laughs> cocaine and Billy Zane and stunt mullets are going to be the new drug of choice for Jersey Goals and on Scream. <laughs> um, because, yeah, no, you're right. He is a next-level creeper because he doesn't try to slip her a roofie. He doesn't no. do anything. No. Which, good thing he didn't try because, Frank, you would have... Hadn't been Murphy. Well, you know what? He might be a next level creeper, but I appreciate the honesty. He's upfront. Yeah. If I know I'm going to be drugged, it might make it a little easier when it happens. <laughs> I suppose so. That's fair. Um, and and he also has some of my favorite lines, like you could tell the men from the boys by the price of their toys. That's right. And the guy the guy rolls onto the beach uh. with, and you actually can hear it. When she walks up to him later on in the movie, he's got the full-on generator buzzing so that he could power both his radio, uh, his big boombox, he's got blender. a blender, and a microwave That's on the beach. pretty good living, you guys. You know, I appreciate his setup. Yeah. I really do. I also appreciate the tiny gold the lemonade banana, banana hammock banana that he rocks. Oh, yeah. No, I like when he wears his wetsuit and it's got like the tiger skin. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fancy. I'm going to tell you, I think the real tragedy in this movie is that Troy winds up alone. Because... <laughs> You, he doesn't end up alone. Don't worry. No. About you, don't you worry about Troy. No, I think I think Troy. Off, taking care I of think Troy. Troy off screen is getting someone every single night of the week. Plus, he walks away with Bridget at the end. So no, he doesn't. Yes, no. He does. No, the Gilligan does. The Skipper. Well, he's he about to. Um, well, you know what? No, if we're going to talk, let's boys, talk about. Wait, hold on. If we're going to talk boys at all, we need to talk about the most attractive, oh. sexy, handsome. Like, take me under the pier anytime you want to. Barber master. <laughs> Mountain. Wait. No, no. No, 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 no. no, no. Okay, how do I go, yeah. go for it? No, Zed. Zed. I'm glad you brought that up. Here's, <laughs> here's the thing I recognize. Okay. And I, it took me a long time to get to this point. Is I know Zed's supposed to be like the antagonist, yeah. or at least a antagonist in this movie. Is um you can't underestimate Zed's entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Because Zed runs the bait shop. Zed runs the babysitting service. Zed is really heavy into credit card fraud. <laughs> He's making money. He's the American dream. Oh, I'm Team Zed all the way. You know? And especially because when... And he is really good looking. He is so gorgeous. And when things get, like, really crazy, and the... Uh, the big wave. The, 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 the humongous humonga cow Yes, thank you. I couldn't... I, I was like, the humonga wave. Uh, <laughs> no, when the humonga yeah. cow bunga from down under comes in, he no, is immediately like, dude, come in. You're going to get ripped yeah, up. Yeah, like, he suddenly was like, you know what, dude? It's just surfing. It's just a beach. Your life ain't worth it. Yeah. Zed is a solid stand-up guy. Yeah, and at the end, he's like a backup singer for them. He's yeah. great. He's great. There are no antagonists in this movie. <laughs> Everyone is secretly a good person. And Everybody. I think that's Everybody. why I love this movie so much. It's It was mind-boggling to me the whole time. Like, what is going on? Why are there so many dad jokes? There's so many dad, so jokes. Many dad jokes. I have to admit that whenever Bobby tries to do something bad and they make fun of it, that's such a mom thing to do and I love it. Yeah. Like, when he gets the tattoo, they're like, that's so cute. Or like, when he's like, my name is, what does he call himself? Um, he was tough. He's or nice. Or nice. Knife. Nice. He's nice. He's nice. He wants to call you nice? Nice. Like, I oh, it was first it was surly. You want us to call you Shirley? Shirley? Yeah. <laughs> My new gang name is Knife. It's all dad jokes all the time, this movie. This movie is rough. <laughs> it's rough. You can look at it as rough. It's all about perspective. <laughs> I, I well, you have the, you have the, you have a history with this movie. I do. It, it's different. He, your he your actually lens is different. Landed me by giving me a stun mullet and then doing the Troy <laughs> dance. I can't, you can't see me. No, I I don't think I've seen this movie probably since you forced me, Matt, to watch this in college. Wait, but, a and you know what? There, it's been a shorty. It's been a long time, and I forgot that it was a musical. And the moment that some of the songs started up, I was so excited for the for the Jamaican ska. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Uh, so so Jesus. As far as music goes, this movie has two of the best guitar players from the 20th century. Yes. Stevie yes. Ray Vaughan and Dick Dale. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace. Both Dick of them. Dale's ridiculous Dick looking. Dale is, well, yeah. <laughs> you should have seen him toward the end. But like, and oh, that guy's oh, life, got, it was so sad. Like, he ended up touring. He had the tour date through, through November of no. 2019 because he had to pay for his medical bills. He had cancer in the 70s. He had, his back was all screwed up. It was excruciating for him to perform. Oh, but he man. was doing it anyway. Anyway, so you have those two, mm -hmm. right? And I also love that, like, Frankie goes on stage when Connie prompts him to do a thing, and he goes, do you know Venus? And he feels like, 
no. And he goes, but we do know this. And he just starts playing some random song. And Frankie knows all the words. He's like, oh, yeah, I know all the words. (laughs) And it's an original for the movie. No, it's not. No, it's not? No. Not that one. Not the original. I think the one at the very end. That's it. That's the original. Yeah. Warm California Sun is like a original. The best song was definitely the Dick Dale, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Where they, yeah. Jam out. And I'm like, yup. Yup. These are the things that I like. Fucking Jamaican Ska, dude. Not many people. Cha cha cha! Not everybody can do the twist. The Jamaica Scott. Listen, Fishbone is amazing. I was like, yeah, Fishbone. When Annette starts singing her white lady stuff, the Jamaican ska. I'm like, are you serious right now? Well, is this really happening? Like, you could get away with. First of all, there's nothing wrong with a little cultural appropriation for Annette. I know, but she ruined ska and and reggae at the she same time. She introduced an entire generation to ska. I learned how to ska. From watching Annette Scott. It's not a dance. She totally skanks. Skanks. She not skanks. skanks. It's not a dance. She totally skanks. It's not a dance. She skanks. It is a goddamn dance, and it's been many, a dance since 1987. People dance many different ways to ska music. It is not the ska dance. She definitely. You're just bad because she invented ska. That's oh, okay. <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry. I see. I, I'm not trying to poop all over you guys for your food, but it was a rough God. time for me. It was. I loved all the cameos see, and stuff. I guess but we like, should have prefaced it for you that you can't walk in expecting to see a good movie. Mm-mm. Just like, just take it as it is. You gotta that's, take it. That's in. what I did, and yeah. I loved moments when like uh, Maxwell Smart shows up, and like I don't know who else is in this movie. I wrote down everyone's name. Oh, Pee Wee. Pee Wee. Can we talk about Pee Wee? Oh, yes. Can we talk about Pee-wee? Why did Pee-wee do the Family Guy joke for 10 minutes? Pee-wee did the Family Guy joke 20 years before. I know, he did. They probably ripped that off from that sequence. They may have. I wouldn't be surprised. But it was so annoying. I love Pee-wee from the bottom of my heart, and that was painful to me. Like, after, like, the first, like, three or four times he went, bird is the word, I'm like, enough! Enough, make it end! (laughs) I know what the word is! And then it was with the ooh-mow-mow, pa-pa-ooh-mow, it's like let's do this for 12 minutes <laughs> the best part is, is that when it does end mm-hmm. it ends in a really poorly um, like, animated not even I wouldn't. I want to say photoshop but since that didn't even remotely no, yeah. exist it's a still image of him standing on a handlebar surfboard oh, amazing and they just yeah. they just animated it flying into space over the ocean that was the best part <laughs> where did he go he's listen I wrote down I wrote down, Kiwi is magic. And then it cuts right to him on his scooter flying into the playhouse. Like, that's probably what happened. Um, He went to the same place that Danny and Sandy went at the end of Greece. First of all, you guys are, well, first of all, I can't. But um, I also have, there's something real talk for a second, you guys, okay? I'm ready. Bridget? Chick is getting human trafficked on the beach. We We need to intervene here. Since you mentioned Greece. Did you recognize the valet from Outside of Daddios? No. As the guy who hosts the dance show? Yeah. From Greece. No, the creepy guy who tries to roofie her? Yeah. Yes. No, 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 not true. No. The, the, the valet. No, the valet outside of the. No, in Greece he tries to roofie. Does he? Margie. Yeah. yeah. Ed, Whatever Ed the other thing, I think. Yeah. Ed, Ed Reynolds, I think. Ed Reynolds. Something like that. Yeah. That's not remember. it, but it's something like that. Speaking of the weird friend, what is up with with Sandy's best friend, the ginger shake? <laughs> Robin? Yeah. She's the one... Why are you asking questions? <laughs> I just really felt bad for her when they were like, well, since Michael can't do the surfing thing, we're going to have Robin do it. And everybody was just like, oh, oh God, man. Robin. A girl. Yeah, and it's like. But, like, realistically, okay, Michael's the best surfer on the beach. We've, we've established yes. that, right? Michael breaks his foot. The next best bet is Robin, right? The third best surfer is the guy who hasn't been on a surfboard in 30 years. Well, that was, I kind of questioned that because I'm like, what about Mountain and the rest of everybody that Mountain, lives in the fucking Webby, surf all those dudes. hut? You know, <laughs> they all, I'm sure, could have done better. And while we're talking about Mountain, because you got to talk about Mountain, did you, any of you guys recognize the guy who played Mountain? Yes. Because he's been in like every Everything. single commercial that's ever happened in the world. <laughs> he was in a movie we talked about a couple months ago. He was in the movie Rubber. Yeah, he, he was. was the hotel owner he in was. Rubber. Yeah, because I remember being like, "Oh, I know him. He's from Back to the Beach." Mountain Surf Report. <laughs> oh, dude, Malibu is out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, he's dead. Oh, and that was yeah. his mom. You know who he is? You know who he is? He's Weird Al's best friend in UHF. 
Yeah, yeah, that's who yeah. he is. And yeah, that's he, why I was like, oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah and um, then it just made me, this is, I think, another reason why I didn't like the movie too much. It seemed like a proto-UHF in some ways. There's some similarities. There's for some sure. similarities there. For sure. With with the weird, like, but throwbacks least, and stuff. At least in UHF you have Weird Al so you can get away with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you expect everything. That's what I expected. I didn't know what to, I didn't know if this could be, like, a serious, like, like, oh, this is like a new 60s beach movie from the 80s, but look, they're out of their time and place, and it's kind of that, but it's also kind of like, well, oh, fuck, let's just make a movie. Although the next time I'm hungover, I'm trying that hangover cure. I just want to see if it actually works. I don't even know what half that stuff was. It was, no, uh, it was two Al- scoops of Folgers, Alka-Seltzer, ibuprofen, and, and a Coke. And, yeah, and a Pepsi. Keith Richards lives on these. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I have a hate it on Keith. Connie enough, so I'm going to circle back around and just remind everybody of what a scene next Tuesday she is. And literally at one point, he looks at her and he's like, oh, doll face. Oh, if it wasn't for that, you'd be my sloppy, sloppy second all day. And she's like, oh, Frankie, you're so sweet. Girl. And also, how do they not know? Like, Michael's about to marry Sandy, but she, like, and does Sand- Sandy works for Connie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How come they don't know that like, nobody knows that Connie, Bel- Michael, is Connie's. That kid. was Frankie. Frankie didn't know? The rest no. of them all knew. I assumed. I mean, the scene only involved Frankie. Like, do Sandy and Michael understand the backstory between... Right. Did, did he think Kahuna Frank and was? Connie? I mean... 30 years. He didn't even know that kid existed. Yeah. He thought it could have been his. Yeah. And then she would have been dating her half-brother, so that no, would have been No, she weird. knew that they weren't. How would she have known? She works for Connie, and Connie knows. Gonna talk to her Connie knows. Connie knows for a fact that it is not Frankie. That is Spud's kid. Spud. 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 He was not a square. He was not Dude, a square. You're ragging on my dad. <laughs> oh, Spud. Um, I and I also feel like the. I don't know. I really love Annette's ways of solving things because initially, like, I was like, I am going to talk about how anti-feminist this shit is. But when she was like, you know what, let's go shopping. I'm like, yes, girl. Shopping let's. is the answer for to everything everyone. that's going wrong in my life. Then later on, when she's like, pajama party, I'm like, I get it. I'm into it. Like, yeah. it be, like I should try it. And also, Zen shows up to dance, so right. it's like a win. I mean, how many times have we had like a bad day, and what is our solution? Is putting like, on our jammies and, and yeah. snuggle and, yeah. and yeah. I've seen some of these. They are not the same type of pajama party. That's whoa. true. I don't. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> No, no, we don't own pajamas like that. No, you don't. You don't wear negligees or whatever <laughs> yeah. the hell else. We wear we wear flannel pajama pants and <laughs> and, and our boyfriend's t shirts and, <laughs> and yeah and fluffy socks. Are you saying you don't think my big fluffy socks are hot? Because that's no, I mean, I'm, of course I'm not. Saying that. <laughs> All right, can we get off Connie for one second and just talk about how Frankie, else did. how Frankie is such a horrible dick in this movie? Yes, we like. He's just picking fights with everybody for no reason. He bumps over the first set of surfboards by accident, and they're like, "Yo, dude, you knocked over our surfboards!" And he, he like sits there and antagonizes them for a few minutes, and then knocks over the rest of the surfboards on purpose. <laughs> Nobody likes punks. Well, here's the thing. They're, they weren't doing anything. If, if they, if the rest of those guys just were like Zed and just spent their time standing immediately behind their surfboards, keeping them upright, mm-hmm. so that if somebody bumped into them, you could just pop out and be there, then they wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> Hashtag truth. Hashtag get me a surfboard. <sighs> Where is that? <laughs> Actually, I, I tried, to, I tried to look him up on IMDb, and there is no photo. No way! No. He, not he, not, he not even a credits? still from Back to the Beach. Not really? even a still from Back to the Beach. That must have been the only movie. So I'm assuming. Definitely managing McDonald's. Right? Probably. But it's probably still hot. That's I, fine. I feel bad for the PA that had to put 8,000 safety, safety pins pins. into that wetsuit. <laughs> Which, I, that defeats the purpose of a wetsuit, right? Because yeah. they're like sealing you in. Not really. I mean, you still no. get wet, but it, you know, it keeps you in, insulated or whatever. But still, like having to push safety pins through neoprene, having been a PA... Don't want to do that. He's triggered. (laughs) (laughs) This this was an all-around fun movie. I am glad that I got to revisit this. And you know what? Honestly, like you said, Matt, this movie knows what it is. Because the final line of the movie, they break the fourth wall. And Annette's like, have you ever seen a cornier couple? Like, they know what they're doing. And it just makes it that much more endearing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously, it's all nostalgia for me, but I, if you haven't seen this movie, I think it's a good time. I think it's a fun little romp. Yeah. I feel like at the end, 
I was more understanding, but along the course of the movie, nobody is that goofy, fun character. It's not until the very end when people start to chill out and just start doing the beach movie stuff again. You know, most That's of the movie, right. they're like, grumpy, 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 I'm going to cheat on my wife with some other lady, and I'm going to do this. And... Hashtag Connie. Yep. <laughs> but everybody's so well, he's always going to her in Connie's defense. Yeah, you have a valid point. Okay, but she has a shrine to him in her bar. Get over it, girl. I mean, you could make the <laughs> argument that she's simply setting. It's she's like the you know the early Chili's Fridays. Just put that's her tchotchkes. She's putting yeah. that up there. It's planning and the rest of yeah, that's yeah. what we all say when we make our walls <clears throat> weird photos of boys when we're young. But the rest of us outgrow it. Connie never did. <laughs> you know, oh, we didn't even talk about that. The the scene with when when the big Kahuna. You know, you want to get from down under? Yeah, mm. that's because what's there to talk about? Does he, he does surf the wave? Right? He does. No, you, you, you're underselling. He irons. He <laughs> surfs the wave. He freaking golfs on the surfboard. Yeah. I think at one point someone brings him a drink so while dude, he's yeah. surfing. No, dude he jumps up. He autographs it. Oh, that's he jumps why. down. Yeah, like that's some serious stuff, right? That's yeah. surfing. Let's go. For not having been on a board in like 25 30, years? 25, yeah. 30 years, I was impressed. I was really impressed. Yeah, it's fair. It's like riding a bike, I think. Practical effects, no no CGI, no, no. green screen. Oh, because they, they really did that. Just yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I know for a fact that the, the, the humonga cowabunga from Dananda is a real phenomenon. Yeah. So. It's quite bright. I mean, you, could even, <laughs> you could even make the argument that this has some elements of horror in it because that thing happened 25 years ago. Yeah. Did not show up again until the moment he stepped foot back in that water. It is hunting his ass down. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It, it felt like the end was a uh, cutaway sketch from Pee Wee's Playhouse. But the, That's what it felt like. No, with, with the fact that they're just like standing, like Frankie's standing like in front of like a movie screen. Yeah. Like, oh, on, yeah. like that was such a Pee Wee moment. Like yeah. I feel like he got some inspiration from them personally. <laughs> He had them on the show, right? It was all happening at the same time. I'm yeah. not, I can't remember if he ever had them on the show. But I think like, he did. I'm pretty sure he <clears> did. Clearly there were some connections between mm-hmm. the two. I do love, there's one moment where Connie really speaks my language in that she turns to Annette and she's like, you know, you're the good girl. You're supposed to get the girl. She's like, what a waste of a set. Like, you what a really waste. wasted an incredible pair of hooters. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, preach sister. Because Annette did have one amazing rack. I mean, she was what, in her 40s with this? And her boots. Yeah, she was forty-five. This is right. This is actually she found out that she she was having MS symptoms Mm. on set, and she told her husband not to tell anybody. Oh, yeah, this was her last film. She was stinking adorable. So Bob Denver's last movie. He was in some TV shows, but it was his last movie. Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah, I I kind of adore them. I adore the cheesy beach culture like movies, and I just. Love this. But, Nate, I get it. We'll put you out of your misery. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm never going to watch it again, but I, I don't mind that I watch it. You're better it. for it. There, well, there's... No, there's there's good stuff in it. I love... I, it was the first Pee-wee appearance in a movie, right? Yeah. Well, outside of his movie. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Was no. it before Big, big Adventure. Big Adventure was 89. No, it was not 89. Are you sure? I know for a fact it wasn't 89. Because 89 was Batman. So I want to say 85 was Pee-wee. Yeah. Wow. Yep. All right. And again and again. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm never going to watch this movie and I'm not going to feel bad about it. <laughs> no, I, this is the kind of movie that like I feel like you put on at a party. Like where you can kind of like walk by the screen and oh hey, like let's let's all do the Jamaican ska. Okay, and then that's over and then we can go back about our business at the party or whatever. And that song at the end when when the day has been As saved. We go. And everybody is friends, and everything is a-okay. And, and Zed has no shirt. Yeah, and he's in a leather jacket, jacket with oh. no shirt. And, Can you get oh. one of those? You know, I would not look anything like that. Sweet <laughs> Jesus. I just so pretty. Pretty. Ooh, the, the I got the vapors. <laughs> so the vapors. The vapors. <laughs> I think I think this movie was real uneven for me. I like because like a lot of the jokes are really really bad, and and they just made my eyes like three sixty around the back of my head, back to the front, like ah. But then there was like amazing stuff, like Gilligan tending bar and talking about being on Gilligan's Island, being like, oh, there's so many hot girls there, and And you couldn't touch any of them. And I'm like, oh man, Gilligan's just throwing like pointing out all the holes and lines. I knew a guy who could take a coconut and a pineapple and a couple of blah 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 blah, and he could make a nuclear reactor. Amazing. He couldn't fix a two foot hole in a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing, like stuff like that. I really liked. I liked all the cameos and all the little jokes like that, but. And, and some of the acting was really good. Some of the actors, I'm like, all right, you can deliver a line. Not really good. You can deliver a line. We have not once mentioned Tommy Hankey. 
Hinkley, the guy who played Michael. Michael, yeah. Who, like, oh, I love not him. only acted for, like, you know, 20 years or whatever, did his thing, he was mm-hmm. in some stuff, you know, shows and blah, 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 and now he teaches theater arts to children. Does he Like, really? just a good dude. <laughs> he was such a good surfer, dude. I'm yeah. telling you, him and Mountain, him and, um, Dave, David Bow. David Bow. Bow, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> Who wrote his own IMDb profile? You should read it; it's fantastic. David Bowie. Yes, I think I think Bobby was just so awful that it colored my perception of the rest of the movie. My favorite part of the movie is when Frankie grabs him and is using him as a battering ram <laughs> but that's, to that's open the door. The they want Bobby to be like as obnoxious and intolerable as he can be. Well, I didn't hate him because he was obnoxious and had bad jokes. It was just he was so unconvincing. Yeah. the entire time, I'm like, and what I are you doing? You're like a kid, right. like reading, like. It's like he has a notebook like this right in front of him. Like, this is my line. Hey, Dad, I'm going to point out what you said was lame. <laughs> Want me to conjugate that for you, Dad? Yeah, that's You're awful. I hated that so Dad. much. <laughs> but he does have a switchblade comb, which is dope. He had two. Yeah. He was he was flipping around at one point. Okay, but when he's like, wow, you two are really intellectual. Like, with this intellectual conversation, I chuckle every it's time. Like a, it's like dinner at the Kissingers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny joke. I just, I don't know. I think that kid's just awful. <laughs> and it really put me in a bad mood to start. Yeah. <laughs> David Bowes, I, and I really hope he's being ironic, but I feel like he's probably not. I think he's a little bit in the middle. He's, he's, you know. He definitely has an amazing IMDb page. Um, so, well, anything else about Back to the Beach? <clears throat> I, I, good time. I'm all, so glad Annette invented skanking. I'm just glad that <laughs> I'm glad that Bridget's okay. I hope she's okay. Like, <laughs> did anyone she ever get her a stroke the whole time? So Bridget needs an inhaler. I hope someone got one. I thought her. I thought it was so funny. I thought she was just like like affecting like a dumb blonde voice, and they were like, "No, she has asthma." I'm like, "Oh, that's great." <laughs> See, there's stuff like that that I really liked that's about funny. this movie, but then there's stuff that I really really hated, and I'm like, just. Shut up, please. Yeah, no, it's fair. It's really awful. It's, it's yeah. all over the place, it this is. movie. It's, I don't know. I'm it never going to watch it again, but it's definitely worth watching once, I think. But it's um, so fundamentally formed my like concept of filmmaking, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Which is scary, because the continuity errors in this movie are There are a lot of continuity errors, but like, the, the use of the magic hour. Because like, you don't get a better magic hour mm-hmm. where you have that perfect light mm-hmm. better than you do in Los Angeles, on the beach. Like... They use that to the best of their ability. I mean, granted, I you would can call see... it the best of their ability. They literally, you can point out when they shot in the morning or when they shot in the afternoon to me as we watched that movie. I wouldn't Absolutely. call that good use of the magic hour. Absolutely, but there are some <laughs> shots that are just like they timed them out perfectly. They're very well done. The, the B-roll stuff at the beginning with the slow motion surfing. They recycle that was good. images. Oh god, absolutely. Yeah, they reuse that stuff yeah. all the time. And I'm not saying this movie is like gonna win. Should have won an Oscar right. in 1987 because it absolutely should not. It's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible movie, but I love every minute. Your like first entry into filmmaking as a student, as a pretentious film student, was a thousand times better than theirs was. Like, I don't know I about just, that, but... like you actually, you know, paid attention to continuity. Well, like, you, you tried. Oh, the scene we on the tried. plane when they like every time you like they cut, it was everybody was placed differently, and it was driving me crazy. <laughs> well, they only had twelve extras; they had to make it work. <laughs> I feel like this movie to you guys is what Critters is to me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's not it's not good. But I but you I love, love it, it so yeah. much. Are you how are your feelings about the remake? Of Critters? Yeah. I thought it was a sequel. sequel. Yeah, rather. I haven't even watched it. It's on uh, Shutter, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm worried and I'm probably just going to avoid it and pretend it doesn't exist. Like you guys do with so many of the remakes in the canon. Listen, that's fair. I, I mean it, it doesn't deserve to take away my love. No, it won't. Will mm. it? Oh, it might. It could, okay. it could sully it. Only you can have that. Give it that power, Nate. I know that's true. <laughs> We're gonna go ahead to one of our other like we love guilt. Not even. I know you don't like the term guilty pleasure. Just movies that we have a lot of love for. It is 1996's That Thing You Do. My Desert Island top five all-time favorite movies. This is a movie that most people don't want to watch with me because I just sit there and I can read the lines along with all of the actors. I own the soundtrack. It's currently in my car. I listen to it pretty much on the daily. I I love absolutely everything about this movie. Yeah, it's a really adorable movie. This is uh, Tom Hanks' first effort at writing and directing a film. Mm. And I think it really just is a love song to, like, 
his childhood memories of like music and one hit wonders and yeah. like Beatles America. It's it's really it's really light. It it's is. a really light movie. It is very light. Jackie, why don't you synopsize this thing? Yeah. Synopsis. I will give it the old Synopsky. A local Pennsylvania band scores a one-hit wonder in 1964 and rides the star-making machinery as long as they can with lots of help from their manager. Yeah, and it's it's like you were you were saying like it's got a little bit of everything, but it's so breezy and like just kind of fun. Like there's there's, just... there's not really a lot of plot in this movie. Mm-hmm. It just kind of they they get their break. It crescendos and then the movie ends it's more of a character study really like you know, exploring the, the journey these like these characters and like you know their relationships with each other and I, even that is a stretch I feel like that's giving the movie too much credit I feel like it this is. is just supposed to be a, br- a breezy like nostalgic throwback movie yeah. and it just wants to make you think about the 60s and all those all those times like when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan and all that stuff and it's just trying to hook your nostalgia centers of your brain because there's not really a lot. There's no character development in this movie. No, they're pretty much they, they, what they are. They, they flip. I mean, Jimmy's kind of a dick, but they flip him at the end. Like, hard, so hard. hard. And it's like, what is going on? And then the movie ends like 10 minutes later. I'm like, I don't. Okay. I mean, I liked it. I really liked this movie. I thought it was very pleasant. I enjoyed it. Um, but I, was, I didn't feel very, like, like content at the end. I was like, eh, I didn't really get a lot out of that. As like nice as that was, it was kind of like going on like a little, very uh, like a like a little baby roller coaster or something. It's like yay, it's fun. It's like it's like you know I can't take a a full length trip to Hawaii, but I could take a nice little weekend to the Poconos. Exactly. You know that's kind of what this it's movie nice. is. Yeah, I I don't disagree. That's fair. Um, but I also feel like there's, I can see why this has a lot of rewatchability. Like I don't think I'm ever changing the channel if this is on. And I yeah. also feel like. My one big gripe about the end, I would agree with you. It's like, I hate Jimmy. He's a douche, I think, the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the way Liv Tyler's character is so quickly flipped, too. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that whole thing is totally off to me. Like, I know throughout the movie they have this, like, little flirtation, the two of them. But I don't know. Like, the, that's what the part, my only gripe, if there is one in this film, because I do love it, too. She's a hoe. No, she's not a hoe. <laughs> she said that, that I just feel like the last 10 minutes feels rushed. See, I, I hardcore disagree with everything everyone just said. <laughs> a thousand percent. That's fair. I could see it on wrong. your face. You're wrong. Very wrong. Well, that's um, right. So, you know, I do. I disagree because to me, I feel like there is, there, the characters are there. Like, and okay, I also say this, obviously, like Nate had said, like, you know, about the nostalgia of the Beatles. I'm not a big Beatles fan. There is no nostalgia for the Beatles for me. Like... There, there are hit songs that I know that I like. There's a couple songs off the White Album that I like. I, under no circumstance, be like, yeah, I'm a big Beatles fan. Not at all. I like some of their songs. Would never classify myself as a fan. Um, what I really like, I more associate the whole like teen sensation. Obviously, for me, my teen sensation was more like New Kids on the Block. And I think this movie hits really well with that whole, there's something for everybody in the band. Because you've got Jimmy, who's the brooding genius. He's the talent. He's the one that writes the songs. He's the one that's constantly putting pen to paper. This kid obviously wrote shitty poetry when he was younger. (laughs) Um, So you've got, like, yeah, him. You've got Lenny, who's the funny one that you know is really not taking this whole thing very seriously. Like, he's enjoying the ride, but for him... You know, like I said, he he gets to end up marrying a Playboy bunny. Like, that's his whole... And for him, like, that's the pinnacle. Like, who cares how far the music thing goes? He got to marry a Playboy bunny in Vegas, you know? You've got the bass player who is so shy and so polite, and he's the one that, like, you want to take care of him. Like, you want to take him home. You are not going to be afraid to introduce him to mom or dad. Um, I saw an interview with Tom Hanks where he was talking about kind of, like, the backstory in his head when he was writing was that... The, bla- the bass player is definitely, like, the youngest of nine siblings, and he gets the snot beat out of him on the daily. So for him to go to band practice and do this whole adventure with the Wonders, that's really just an escape from, like, being at home and being picked on. Because here, you know, he's the bass player. He's the one and only person that plays that instrument. You know, he's got this group of guys um, that he has this camaraderie with. Um, but again, for him, his ultimate has nothing to do with the band. He's so excited that he is enlisted for the armed forces that he's just like he's ready to serve his country. Um, and then you've got Guy Patterson, the cool drummer, you know, Erie's lone beatnik 
who he's in it for the music. Like, yeah, the fame is awesome, but he gets to play music. You know, he gets to not only play music, but he gets to meet people and meet his legend. Or, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. He gets to meet people. He gets to meet his idol. He gets to smooze with people who played with his idol. Like, for him, like, this whole wonderment of music in itself is part of his journey. So, and I disagree. I think the whole Liv Tyler or the whole Faye Guy Patterson thing, like, from the start, they were obviously friends from the start. Always just a very nice friendship. And I think it was one of those things where it's like, you know, one day you, you were friends with a person and then one day you woke up and it was different. You know, I, I totally support their, their, their motives and the way that the characters played out. And that's, that's my, <coughs> that's my 10, 10 cents on the whole situation. Oh, I like it. Well, I, I liked all the characters. I felt sure. all the characters were really well defined. I just didn't think they changed very much over the course of the movie. Well, that's the thing is, like, if it was any, if this movie was about any singular character, it wouldn't have worked. It I was think about it, all I, of them together. I think it was. I think it was about a singular character, though. I think it was about Guy. Yeah, it, is. I think yeah. it was. All, it was all about Guy. He was the only one that got any development over the course of the movie. Because yeah. at first, he's just kind of lollygagging about working at his father's appliance store. And, you know, as the movie goes on, he learns what's important in his life and what's not. And that's, that's like, that's okay. all the development. That's, that's, that's the, the big stuff for me in this movie, the, the real meat. To be fair, the movie takes place over, like, two and a half months. Like, it's not, like, this whole long journey where you see this person change. Like, <clears throat> literally the movie, like, there's a line in the movie where it's like, I've been in a band for two months. Like, mm-hmm. I think, like, two and a half, three months is the entire lifespan of the wonders that's all they've got the oneaters. so the maybe that's, that's the, the oneaters. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the problem for me then because i'm i'm immediately comparing it to any other movie about a rock band yeah and they're all it's all about just look at the bright side at least mark Wahlberg wasn't the lead singer that's true <laughs> that's true but i'm just saying like any other movie about a rock band like there's 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 movie structure in there and this is just kind of it's it doesn't follow a normal movie structure it just mm-hmm. it's just like Here's some snapshots from these people's lives, and then it's over. I think that's valid, though. I mean, that is valid because you always look at movies and you're like, "Oh, I gotta stick by this structure. I gotta do this, 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 mm-hmm. this." And sometimes you don't do it, and it works, you know. And I think that's part of what what this movie is. Is it's just like it's a little bit different. Nothing like you said. Nothing too crazy going on. It's not mm-hmm. like you're walking away with some big like thematic meaning. Yeah. But it's just fun to watch. Yeah, There's, no, it is fun to watch. It's funny. There's a little bit, a little bit of drama. You know, a little tension. A little. Okay. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy is a douche from from the word go. But no, I I don't know. This like I said, I, I, this one is going to be hard to ever have me try to like find a flaw. Because again, this is seriously this is with Ghostbusters as a desert island top five. <laughs> like the movie, the soundtrack, everything about it. Tom Hanks obviously is a treasure with mm-hmm. his debut. You know, he writes and directs this mu this movie. Movie. Apparently like, uh, on the uh, on the press junket for Forrest Gump, he got so bored that like him and Jonathan Demi were like, eh, write a movie. And he was like, <laughs> okay. And he did. Um, and it was that thing you do. I gotta say, I really liked the That Thing You Do song. It sounded like a Matthew Sweet song. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this sounds like something I would have been listening to in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I think is funny. I, is that, like that song, Think like for all intents and purposes, I should be sick of it. And by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. not. I just, it absolutely charms me. I mean, like the whole it. soundtrack does. Yeah. They do play it like ten times. <laughs> Eleven, actually. Oh, okay. Between, it's a lot. Between snippets, <laughs> alternative versions, it's played twice full length. But over the course of the whole movie, you will hear that 11 different times. If you do not like that song, this movie is going to kill you. <laughs> no, I can't even imagine. So one thing that I do think is interesting, if I can bring a little substance to it, is I think that Hanks was calling to and highlighting this moment. Because in 1964, I think we really are standing on the verge of a complete 180 in our country, where this very much fake facade of perfection and suburban ideologies... Are, are, are being torn apart at the seams and we're gonna this is all gonna culminate in like 1969 when it all literally falls to pieces and our films and our music are gonna re- like perfectly reflect just how fucked up the government and the world and our society is when everything turns in the 70s so drastically but it, it's quaint and it's lovely and it, it makes me nostalgic because mm-hmm. I did grow up with a dad who was like obsessed with 50s and 60s music and so like I do love that idea but I, I think 
it also talking about the film feeling superficial i think it it's because this time period whether we want to admit it or not barring the because even the beatles at this point were super superficial like i always say the beatles started out as a crappy boy band and they just happened to evolve because they were geniuses and they took drugs and some of them Listen, uh, Ringo, you can <laughs> suck it. Whoa. Yeah. That Ringo solo stuff is super good. Ringo so is Ringo down. is trash. <gasps> whoa, I'm kind of Ringo is a terrible song. drummer. There's there's uh what's her name um on Parks and Rec? Her Leslie? father. No, it's not Leslie. I haven't seen it too much. Um, what's her name? Audrey oh, you're talking no. talking about um. Amy Poehler. No, no. The, what's his, the ah! the producer's daughter? I can't remember. Yes, her. well, she her plays fa- Andy's girlfriend. No. Oh. Right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah okay. Her father's a music producer. Quincy Jones. So Quincy Jones. Rashida, Rashida Jones. Jones. Anyways, Quincy Jones recently had, did an interview with Rolling Stone. He was just blasting everyone because he's worked in the music industry for so long. And he said that Ringo is so bad at holding a beat that they would send him out to go get a beer and bring in a session drummer, play it back, and tell him that was him playing. Like, oh, no, it's fine. We got it now. Yeah. We totally bad. derailed your point. So <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it's fine. Um, I'm just saying that, like, I think when the Beatles came out, they were superficial too. And I think that it took the horrors of the real world and it took everything going on in society to bring about the Joplins and the Hendrixes and the, all the really good music that would really kind of set the tone for the next stage of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. These guys are adorable. And there were tons of bands like this. Like when I think about all the early 60s and late 50s bands, it was so many one-hit-wonder, Uneater-style bands. Mm-hmm. And I love them. I really do. I mean, you know, I still listen to so much of that, like, corny 50s and 60s stuff and I also think unfortunately it's just it was the lie we told ourselves like this perfect idyllic life that we were selling Mm -hmm. as the American dream in the late 50s early 60s that just wasn't true at all and like the film it crumbled so easily and so quickly you know that's why we got nice metaphor that's why we got Pleasantville right after exactly right like it's just yeah we're gonna make America great again Oh, that's right. We were great back then. I forget. And the good thing is that you could tie that back together with the like all those beach movies. They were the same thing. They were like yeah, these like, like selling a superficial, stupid, silly, fun. We're we, gonna talk about sex, but we're not gonna do it. And it's like America's so great, and blah 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 blah. We even had a, a beach party movie scene in that thing you do. Yeah, it's great because the band is. <laughs> Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Yup. Who sometimes I will tell people is one of my favorite bands. <laughs> I've been known to say that. Um, yeah, no, like this, like I said, this this kind of sums up the way I feel about this movie. When I was in high school, there was a group of us that loved this movie so much that we made a quiz. Like, we literally made a That Thing You Do quiz. And it was like an ongoing quiz, and there was just more and more and more and more questions. And, like, we would literally like, just try to drill each other and figure out, like, who knew the movie best? And like we just kept like adding questions and who said this and you know what color was this and what's the license plate number on Winnebago and blah blah blah. <laughs> so also um, uh, one one time many years ago, uh, someone I mean, this was like right after the movie came out. I remember I was at the beach with a friend of mine and like we met these boys and like we were all cool and hanging out and like I cracked some joke and the kid told me that I was like Lenny from that thing you do. I'll never forget that. Greatest compliment of my life. <laughs> because um, Lenny's lines, I mean, he's hysterical. And he's like, so good. He, he's really good. I mean, a lot of it was written, but a lot of it was riffed. And it was just, everything landed. Like, I want to see everything that was on the cutting room floor, because I can only imagine that it was only cut for time. Because, like, it had to have been gold. I could see 16-year-old Jackie on the beach. <laughs> Kids like, you remind me of Lenny from that thing you do. Jackie faints Dramatic pause. Oh, I love yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, at 16, his tongue, my tongue would already be in his mouth at that point. <laughs> um, no, I don't think I made out with him. Can we talk about all, like, just like Back to the Beach, there's a bunch of amazing cameos in this movie. <laughs> um, just off, like, with the ones I've written down, Chris Isaac is yep. Uncle, Bob, Uncle Bob, who records their record. Paul Feig is in this mm-hmm. as a radio DJ. Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah. He's the first radio DJ they talk to. And directly afterwards, they go to talk to Clint Howard. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, when they're on the fake Ed Sullivan show, uh, Brian Cranston is on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that might be one of the first things that Brian Cranston did. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. It has sense. to be. Because uh, Malcolm in the Middle is like his like big breakout, right? Before, yeah. And that was like the late 90s. 98, yeah. 99, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun flick. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Um, so now here's, I'm going to 
going to be Marissa. Okay. I'm going to pose a question. Sure. So in the movie, Guy Patterson, out of, you know, just the talent, everything that happened, he meets Del Paxton. He meets his idol. Mm-hmm. Who, who is your Del Paxton? Oh, Stephen King. Hands down for me. No? Yeah. I just, I think I've always, like, I, I, yeah, he's my Del Paxton. I think just as a writer and as a horror lover and a creator of stories that truly terrify, Steve, if I ever meet Stephen King, I'm going to, like, pee my pants and maybe die. But okay. that's, I plan on Well, I hope you don't meet Stephen way. King then. <laughs> that makes um, one of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt? I, me, uh, right? <laughs> what's that? Me. You married her. Uh, I, don't, I don't really have anybody. I don't idolize people because they're flawed and fallible. I mean, there are people who I would like to meet, but there's not anybody I think would be like, oh my God, like this person, I'm blown. You know, like there are people whom I respect for what they do, but I just, I just, I think I'm jaded by life, so I don't really have that sort of emotion toward okay, any Okay, time out for person. adventure. If Pee Wee Herman worked and walked into this room right now, your oh, ass would be, that would be star awesome. motherfucking struck. But I wouldn't be, you know, I'm not going to say, like, if I could pick one person, I, if I happened to be in a place and Pee Wee was there, I'd be like, this is freaking awesome. But I wouldn't be like, you know, if I could meet one person in this life, it would be Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> don't lie. Yeah, I don't think I know either. Because oh, honestly... Root beer barrels. I... I, I <laughs> I think there's a couple people in my life like that, but I wouldn't ever want to meet them. Yeah, really? because yeah, it would shatter. Them. It would shatter the illusion. It would make me like them less. Mm, I because, just, I really want to meet because them. right now, mm. like they're almost like gods in my mm. mind. Like they're not real. I guess so. That. Like if I have to, if oh, it's like oh, Pee Wee Herman. I met him and he farted and it was weird. <laughs> no, if Pee Wee Herman farts, it's gonna <laughs> be like glitter. You know, it's, gonna, it's gonna be like. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like there's, like, there's probably something that you don't like immediately think about, like your your favorite like, people he doing. Like, masturbated in a theater because I think about that all the time. Do you that think about Pee Wee Herman? Mest- that was Paul Rubens. Different I do story. every day. <laughs> I, um, I, I I do not think about all that that all the time. Thank you very much. I do at least once a day. Jackie, who's yours? Well, he was on ships. <laughs> Brian, Brian Cranston. Mm, Brian Cranston's an Amazon Women on the Moon? What? Nice. It's amazing. Baywatch? Okay, he did quite a few things before he was on this, but it looks like a lot of TV stuff. Baywatch? Okay, wait. Oh, Jackie. He did anime voiceovers? What? 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 <laughs> Multiple. Macross? Brian Cranston's in Macross? What? I'm sorry, I'm the only person that knows what this is. You're <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, so I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, I, You know what, honestly, I posed the question, but I really didn't think about it myself, about who, who my Del Paxton is. Womp, I think womp. like me. <laughs> what? I said womp womp. Womp womp. Yeah, I, I, honestly, like, I think, I don't know, could it be Tom Hanks? Is it too corny to say that my Del Paxton's Tom Hanks? I don't know. No, no, I think Tom Hanks would be a fun person to meet because I yeah. feel like he knows what to do when he meets a fan. Yeah. It's not like some weird, like, oh, I want my own personal life. He'll be like, yeah, let's fucking do some handstands and flap around and, and drink beers and have fun. He's just, he's just... I love that you think that's what I feel like he jumps in people's engagement photos. He's feel, a cool dude. Yeah, I feel like he's a fun guy that would, like, you know, take the time out and be cool. No, yeah, that's yeah. true. Just like, um, who else? Keanu Bill Murray. Murray. Like, Bill Murray. I feel like he's like a Bill Murray. Bill Murray would be. He's not quite Bill Murray level. No, but Bill Murray is on a league, like, completely to his own. So. I do love that there's that picture on the internet, and no one can agree if it's Bill Murray or Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it, and it, I, I couldn't tell you which one is you, which. It's like the blue dress, or a yeah, gold yeah. dress, so you can look at it in certain ways, and it's like, okay. And it's I like, you don't it. know, yeah, is that Bill Murray or Tom Hanks? Nobody knows. <laughs> it could be either one. Could be either one. It's no, it's Tom Hanks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's actually Bill Murray. It's probably yeah, some other know. guy. <laughs> yeah, probably. Can I, can I say the one thing I didn't like about this movie? No. Is this the way they secretly <laughs> the way they secretly <laughs> throw shade at bass players? 
Because, Dude, first of all, Ethan Embry... I know, but they really do it in this movie. Ethan Embry does not get a name. No. He's in, like, 75% of the movie. They never give him a name. He's just the bass player. And then at one point, when he disappears, they don't go look for him. They immediately replace him with Wolfman and move on. And then when I saw... I was watching the credits. When I saw he was named the bass player, I was like, man, that's some bullshit. TB player. Uh, yeah, he called he called his character TB because he knew. He knew the shame. <laughs> Poor Ethan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it if it is canon or not, but apparently, in in an interview, Ethan Embry had said that the character's name is Tobias. But I feel like that's, that's an extension of TV. Yeah. <laughs> the bass player. The bass player. I, I, I yeah, I, I do. No, I don't care. There's no flaws. This movie's perfect. <laughs> There's was, nothing you can say. It wasn't, it wasn't like bad. It didn't make the yeah. movie worse. So I was just like, oh, why are you going to throw shaded <laughs> bass players like that? Like, oh, you can just replace them. No oh big deal. Who cares? One of my favorite, and this is something we used to say all the time, when they go on the Hollywood showcase and, you know, you get the scene of the, of the crew, you know, in the studio kind of directing it and directing the scenes and when they start introducing all of the bands like with their little names. <laughs> oh yeah. Wolfman, too scary. Too scary, next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. There's this movie's flawless. This movie is flawless and, and perfect and this is this is a very this is this is a very Jackie movie. And like I it said, is. You know, someday, you know, it, at my wedding, we're going to be dancing to at least three songs yes. off this soundtrack. So get get prepared because we're definitely going to jam to some songs off of this album. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't say this is a bad movie no. coming yeah, off of Back great. to the Beach. Ouch. <laughs> um, it's it's yeah. aggressive sometimes. I'm just saying, Back to the Beach is aggressive sometimes. It is in all the best ways. I love it. They're both both so both so gems. good. Uh, oh, yeah. absolutely. So that thing you do is by far a better movie. Oh um, yeah, for fun. sure. I, Back I, to the Beach. I my will heart. never return to this podcast again. <laughs> uh, the last thing that I want to say is, and I know that like anybody that loves movies has this experience. So there's 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 always going to be a scene in a movie that elicits. Like an emotion, you know, obviously you can be manipulated in, in a way to make it really sad or whatever. And I, the scene in this movie that I cannot help but smile, like ear to ear, legit smile. Like I think the first time, the first couple times I saw it, I teared up. Is the scene when every member of the band and Faye hear their song on the radio for the very first time and it plays... And with every radio they turn on, it gets louder and louder and it keeps building. Like, if I am ever in, like, a horrible, bad mood, like, that is something that can legit lift me out of that bad mood. That scene. And, like, the little details. And this just goes toward, like, character development. And I love this. Is that when, um, when the bass player and Faye run into the appliance store, Faye runs right in and is so excited and the bass player stops to wipe his feet on the mat because they have like a little welcome mat at the door. I don't know. Like that just, that whole entire scene, like I cannot fight the muscles in my face from smiling when they hear their song on the radio for the first time. I was kind of amazed that Giovanni Ribisi didn't have issue with them blowing up as soon as he gets kicked out of the band. <laughs> I said that. I was He's like, oh, I'm, just gonna ta- I'm just going to take the old drummer's job and then hang out with his parents all the time. I know. He's such a good sport. I'm, uh, I'm very, crazy. very proud of myself that of all the notes that I took, I only wrote down one quote. And this is a more movie that like normally I think I, think I assumed I was going to write nothing but quotes on the page. But I literally only have one quote and it's from the very beginning. And it's just, guys, Chad fell down. <laughs> I, wrote, um, I wrote, keep dancing, goofball. I don't even remember when that happened. It's in the beach party scene. Okay. Yeah. Keep dancing, goofball. Yeah. So, yeah. If you guys... Yeah. Um, and you know what? I do have to give a special shout out uh, in this episode to my friend AJ, who supports this podcast by liking stuff on Facebook and is a member of our Facebook group, but is petrified of horror movies, so will never listen to any of our episodes. But I told him that we were doing a special non-horror, so he got very, very excited. So, side piece, I love you, baby, and this one's for you. (laughs) And I'd like to give a special shout-out to this uh, tall glass of water sitting next to me. Um, because it's it, not an adjective that's been used to describe me before. So thank you. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> 
You're welcome, Dollface. Uh, thanks for coming out. I know you're a big supporter of the show, and you go really far out of your way to let me keep this little silly dream alive. So I really appreciate it. And I appreciate that we finally did something that you were interested in coming and talking about, <laughs> even if it was back to the beach. You know me. You know how to get me. <laughs> we get yeah. you. We know how to get in your pants, Maddie. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, no, we hope you guys enjoyed this fun little one-off, maybe. We'll get a chance to do it again. Fool you! Yeah. Prank you! Prank you! Prank you! <laughs> hey, prank you, Nate. No. <laughs> I can't handle the pranks, guys. They're too mean-spirited. <laughs> I'm going to go home and cry now. Because these pranks... <laughs> too much. Too much. <laughs> too, too much. We got you real good, like. We did. We did get you. You know, you sometimes, did. you guys, a joke is a joke, and sometimes you just take it way too far. <laughs> We took it it all the way. We took it all the way back to the beach. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, don't forget to check us out on social media. Just search Jersey Ghouls, and you will find us there. You can find our podcast on your favorite app by searching for Jersey Ghouls. And for the podcast, the blog, movie reviews, and more. Please check out our website, jerseyghouls.com. And if you just can't get enough of listening to me wax on about how the 1960s and uh, that thing you do had something meaningful and connected to one another, please feel free to head over to mesonscream.com and check me and Katie out where we talk about horror and all the very important sociological ramifications it has on our society. So yeah, check us out. Yeah, two episodes, two episodes in. We're too deep, yeah. So awesome. Please go check them out. Show them some love. Yep, and we have a new episode dropping this week on Last House on the Left, which is the perfect juxtaposition <laughs> to the thickness of uh, something like that that you do. So, all right, thanks. Yeah, bye bye. Bye bye. Get pranked. <laughs> Prank you. Yeah. Yo, Jamie Kennedy should help us out. <laughs> listening to the Geekscape Network.